Do you dread the holidays? Do they bring out the worst in you or your loved ones? Are you not sure you're going to survive visiting or visits from your family? What is in your holiday survival kit? Welcome to episode 134 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Lucy, Ellen, and Heidi. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Lucy, Ellen, and Heidi, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to this topic of surviving the holidays. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope you'll find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today. I'm going to start with a reading. This is from our daily reader titled Hope for Today, and it's from December 24th on page 359. The 12 steps are the backbone of the Al-Anon program. I find the second step came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity to be particularly meaningful. In any situation, particularly when I'm with my family, I need only turn to my higher power for help. For instance, while visiting my family on a holiday, I started to feel uncomfortable about the behavior and comments going on around me. I felt an overwhelming urge to fight or take flight. Fortunately, I had enough recovery to choose the latter. I went into another room where I knew I would not be disturbed so I could be alone for a few minutes. I prayed for serenity and guidance as well as for the ability to keep the focus on myself and the moment. I returned to the gathering refreshed and centered. Later in the day, I visited my brother. I made it a point to get to his home a little earlier than everyone else. I asked my sister-in-law, who was also in recovery, if I could use her room for a few minutes to pray and meditate. This made all the difference in the world, and I was able to enjoy the rest of the day with renewed serenity. That reading illustrates um, a number of tools that we can put in our holiday survival kit. I was in a meeting tonight, and some of the uh, discussion, of course, talked about family, about being with family, about being with family on the holidays, and somebody referred to his his tool belt. He said, like Batman, utility belt, I think he said. And I thought, yeah, no, there's an image. Okay, so we have this utility belt, and it has our all our tools and our um, escape lines and all those wonderful things that Batman has. I thought right before the big... Uh, Christian holiday of Christmas, which many of us celebrate and many of us dread celebrating because of the behavior of family, of the behavior that maybe others bring out in us, uh, bad memories from the past, and, and just a lot of stress happens around our holidays. I thought I would put together some of the things that I've learned over the years, and that I've heard other friends in recovery talk about as uh, tools that they use in, in family situations, and in particular family situations around the holidays. The first tool that I need to put in my, my toolkit 
is to plan ahead. I need to take Al-Anon literature with me. I need to talk to friends or to my sponsor and say, hey, I'm going to be in a stressful situation and I want to know if it's okay if I call you. Or maybe, hey, expect a call from me, even better. Uh, Get numbers, take numbers with me. Maybe they're already in my phone. Maybe I need to take a phone list uh, in case I need to, to make a phone call. I might spend some time uh, in a meeting or with a program friend talking about some of my anxieties or my fears or my negative expectations about what uh, could happen and maybe plan a little bit about how I'm going to act in certain situations, what boundaries I might want to set and how I will uh, be, how I will act when, if those boundaries are, uh, are crossed. So planning ahead and a lot of what I'm talking about uh, helps to think ahead, helps to, to plan a little bit ahead about some of the other tools so that at least you have them with you and at least you know you can pull them out and maybe you've thought a little bit about how you're going to use them. So plan ahead. The next tool is sort of a negative one. It's about not setting expectations or not trying to meet expectations. And I think the story the story that I have that uh, illustrates that how that worked for me some years back now over 10 years ago I guess it is. Um my parents were going to be moving out of the house that I grew up in and they wanted to have the whole family back for one last Christmas in the in the family homestead. And they had lived in that house for almost 50 years at that point. So there were a lot of memories built up and a lot of expectations that, that could be set around what would happen in this one last Christmas in the old house. And I had been in the program a few years and I thought about it. I thought about how was this going to be? I was going to this place that had all these memories, I was going with my alcoholic loved one and two young teens, and there was a lot of opportunity for chaos and lost serenity in that situation. And one of the things that I did was I said, I am not going to expect that any particular thing will happen, because I could have totally unrealistic expectations about all the things that we used to do when we were children, we made made Christmas cookies and my parents made fruitcake and we went out and cut down a tree and decorated it and we made decorations and so on and so forth. And in a four-day visit, those things were not all going to happen. And so I said, I'm not going to have expectations. I'm going to enjoy what comes. I'm going to, to live in the moment of whatever happens in this holiday, good or bad. And the beauty of that for me was that I really enjoyed that visit. It was one of the best Christmas visits I'd ever had with my parents since I grew up and moved out. And 
yeah, my loved one drank. And yeah, the kids were cranky and so were other people. And yeah, not all the things that I might have liked to have happen happened. But I was able to enjoy the things that did happen. And I've never forgotten that lesson about not setting expectations. And the flip side of that is not feeling that I have to meet everybody else's expectations. And this goes along with some of the other tools that I'm going to talk about in a minute. I need to take care of myself. And if other people's expectations of my behavior interfere with my being able to take care of myself, I have to understand that those are their expectations and that they're not realistic for me. And that I have to do the things that are best for me. I need to take care of myself. I did say that. I need to get enough sleep. I need to eat properly. Uh, Somebody at a meeting recently talked about being so busy doing stuff that they forgot to eat and they forgot to shower and they thought, you know, maybe I should do these things. Maybe I'll feel better. And, you know, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If, If I don't eat, if I don't sleep, if... I put myself in situations that make me feel alone or make me angry. That's not going to be good for me, and it's not going to be good for the people around me. So I need to take care of myself. I need to, and and that goes beyond the physical. That goes beyond eating and sleeping and getting a shower. It uh, It goes into the spiritual aspects of taking care of myself as well. And I need to get... For me, personally, I need to have some time of my own. I need to have that alone time, that time when I I don't have to be responding to other people. I don't have to be in the company of other people necessarily. And I need to plan ahead sometimes where I'm I'm going in order to get that. A couple of examples. When I go to visit my brother, he shares a house with two other guys And in order, for a couple of reasons, one because I'm cheap and one because I get to spend a little more time with him this way, I often sleep on his couch when I'm visiting him, which means that my schedule is not entirely my own, that his roommates may be around. I remember one time when he had a young roommate at that time, about 20-something, and, and he and some friends came in at 2 in the morning after being at a festival all day, and they were all wound up and loud, and and there I was on the couch, and I just, that was a choice that I had made to stay on the couch rather than finding myself a motel room somewhere. And But because of that, I also needed time for myself. I needed time when I was not in somebody else's space, and luckily he lives near the beach and I'm able to walk down to the beach and walk along the beach and have as much quiet alone time as I need. And since his schedule tended to be evening, I would wake up in the morning and I would have plenty of time for myself. And then I could be back in the uh, the somewhat chaotic environment in which uh, he and his roommates live and, and be okay with it. When I'm visiting my parents, the house they live in now was built first as a vacation home, and so it has a sleeping loft, which is a little bit separate from the main room. Uh, there's a little bit of a wall, and, and you can go upstairs and, and not be in sight of other people, but always within earshot. Uh, 
But I can go up there and I can lay down and I can read a book or I can maybe even take a nap and not have to engage with uh, the people around me and, and recharge my batteries that way. Another really important tool to put in our holiday survival toolkit, and I've done this myself and I've also heard about this from lots of people in the rooms, and that is to have an exit plan. To know where I can go when I need to be alone. Is there a room in the house I can go to? Can I go out for a walk? I need to, to, to have that exit plan. If there's a possibility that I might need to just get out totally, uh, maybe I have to drive myself, say uh, going to a party. Uh, don't ride with a friend, but, but drive myself so that I can leave if I need to. If it's just getting to be too much for my serenity, I can get myself out of there. That might include, uh, say I'm going to visit family. That might include staying in a motel instead of staying with family. If there are times when I just really need to get away. Recently, my sister came to visit us and we offered uh, what had been one of the kids' rooms and now can be a guest room. It's not fully tricked out yet, but it's, it's available and there's a bed and there's a separate bathroom. But uh, she said, no, I like to have a space that's entirely my own, that I don't feel that I'm accountable to anybody else, that I'm not going to be bothering anybody else if I get up early or whatever it might be. You know, I understood that and I honored that, that you know, she wanted to to stay in, in her own space. And Maybe you need to do that if you're traveling a long distance to visit family and you know it's going to be stressful. Maybe the best thing to do would be to get a hotel room so that you have a place you can go, that you can get away. Maybe you just need a short time away. Go for a walk. I was talking to some friends this week and they were like, I don't know, I don't know how I can get get away from the family. I said, go for a walk. I said, is there a dog? You can always take the dog for a walk. But even if, even if not, just say, you know, I need to go for a walk. I'm, I'm going to go get some exercise. I'll be back in 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever time it takes. And you don't have to say why. Just say, I'm, I'm going out for a walk. Uh, go find a, a private space, maybe while you're out for a walk, and make a phone call. Call an Al-Anon friend. Call your sponsor. Get some program. You know, that can get you mentally exiting, and then you can come back refreshed and, and ready to go. Just as the person in the reading that I opened the show with took some time to pray and meditate. There's another, another form of exit from the crazy. Take yourself away, find a quiet place, and do a little prayer and meditation, and you can come back, maybe. And I think it's really important to know that we have choices, we can make choices, and one of those choices is how long we stay. There's always, in any family and uh, celebration, there's always a, a core time that maybe we need to be there for. We need to be there for Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. We need to be there when the presents are being opened. But 
we maybe don't need to be there for the whole day. We don't need to be there while the rest of the family is watching football games that we don't care about or while the rest of the family is getting drunk and we really don't want to be around them. So make choices and figure out how long, how long it's important for you to be there for, how long you can reasonably stand to be there, and then leave. Don't feel that you have to stay the whole time. Another trick, tool, that a friend of mine brought out was sitting at the kids' table. So when this friend goes to a family gathering where there's going to be crazy, they go and sit with the kids because, as they put it, the kids are sane, more or less anyway. The kids don't have that those years of building up the crazy, and you can sit there and and have conversations that maybe are silly, but they don't trigger you. In the planning ahead area, plan to attend a meeting. If you're going to be gone from your home for several days, see if you can put a meeting into those days somewhere. I always do this when I visit my family for more than a day or two. Uh, There's a, a good meeting that I know about that meet several times a week, and I can go there. You can always go online and find meetings. It's maybe easier if you you look ahead and see when there might be meetings, because maybe the only meeting nearby meets on Tuesday, and and if you look on Wednesday, you're not going to be able to go to it. But if you know it's on Tuesday, then you can go on Tuesday. What I tend to do is just go to my favorite search engine and search for Al-Anon meetings in city, whatever city I'm in. And that will typically give me links to pages that, that have lists of meetings in them. And, you know, if you are looking at a meeting that's falling on a holiday or next to a holiday, it might be worthwhile calling the Al-Anon information number in that city and making sure that that meeting's actually going to be taking place. I know in both meetings I was in this weekend, there were announcements that some of the meetings in our area that would be meeting on Friday, which is Christmas Day, are either not meeting or they're meeting at a different location in at least one case. And so that's that's worthwhile finding out. I've, I've been to at least one meeting that actually wasn't happening when the website said it was happening just because I didn't check ahead. Look for meetings, plan to go to one. If you can't go to a meeting, maybe you can find an online meeting that you can attend on your phone. I know there are meetings, there are phone, sort of phone conference meetings that are uh, available. I've never taken advantage of it myself, but I think if you go look at the show notes for our episode on face-to-face meetings, I think there might be uh, a link or two to some online meeting sites in that episode. And of course, take this podcast with you. You can get uh, sort of a meeting in your ears at, at any time, anywhere, if you take the podcast with you. Find some favorite episodes and download them to your phone or your computer or your tablet, whatever it might be, and you can play them uh, when you need to, when you want to. 
And of course, and maybe this should have come first, I don't know, but keep your recovery routines going. If you normally pray and meditate when you get up in the morning or before you go to bed at night, see if you can do that wherever you might be. Don't don't lose your recovery just because you're in a strange place that your routines are a little bit out of whack. Maybe you can't do it as fully. Maybe you can't do your full meditation. Maybe you don't have... Um, you know, the space in which you've set up for prayer and meditation in, in your own home. But do do your routine. If you read the literature in the evening or you read the literature in the morning when you get up, you know, bring it with you and, and continue to read it. Because you're already stressed and losing the power of, of the program to give you serenity, not not taking advantage of the power of the program. It's just going to make it worse. And conversely, if you take time to pray and meditate, as again, um, the person in the reading did, then you may be able to spend more time, more enjoyably, with less crazy. Take whatever happens one day at a time. Take it one hour at a time. If you have to take it one minute at a time, say, I can do this. I can do this for another hour. Or, wow, no, <laughs> that hour is up and now I, now I have to leave. Um, you know, And maybe you expected to be able to stay longer, but you find you can't, and that's okay. Another, another slogan that, that may be helpful in this aspect is to remember that this too shall pass. That, yeah, okay. It's really stressful right now. And I'm having to say the serenity prayer every 30 seconds. But I will get through this. I will be okay. There's nothing else you can do. You can do that. So what what other tools do you use? Call us, email us, let us know, and we'll put them in next year's episode. Or make a comment on the website at therecoveryshow.com slash 134. Remember to pack your recovery toolkit. Remember to pack your holiday survival toolkit before you head out to those stressful family situations, holiday parties, or whatever uh, is ahead of you. And maybe it's not the holidays. Maybe it's something else. You can still use these tools. After a short break, we'll continue with our lives in recovery, where I talk about how recovery works in my daily life and in my meetings. And I want to thank Jane, who sent in three song suggestions for this episode. I was running out of time to to do the episode, and I thought, well, I'll just skip the music, and then there it was in my email, three song suggestions. So you can listen to them all on the website at therecoveryshow.com slash 134. We'll have links to YouTube videos. So the first song she writes about, she starts with uh, some lyrics. Happy Christmas, your arse. I pray God it's our last. She says, those lines from the Pogue song, Fairy Tale of New York, could sum up a number of Christmases with my husband, an active alcoholic. Epic fights instead of kisses under the mistletoe. Magazines and advice columns and Facebook posts are full of people bemoaning the stress of the holidays. 
It's not just alcoholics and their families that fall prey to heightened expectations destined to be dashed. Still, all the stories of peace on earth and people magically turning from the angry, bitter, mean Scrooge of Christmas Eve into the benevolent, generous, happy Scrooge of Christmas morning can seem particularly cruel to the families waiting for their loved ones to find recovery and losing hope that they ever can. Christmas, when I was growing up, was always pretty wonderful. Not a lot of money, but lots of love. My mother did a great job of making holidays fun. Following her example, I've always been pretty good at not getting caught up in the stress while being able to enjoy the simple pleasures. I love singing along with carols, taking a walk while the snow is falling, driving slow past particularly spectacular Christmas lights. I keep my gift-giving list small. Sadly, nowadays I keep things simpler than I would like. I gave up giving a party at Christmas because my husband decided he hated it. I know better than to plan a big dinner on Christmas because he will probably be drunk by the time it's ready. We don't go to visit family because he's feuding with everyone. I don't decorate because I don't want to listen to his caustic comments about the money and time spent. And even with these lowered expectations, my qualifier still manages to surprise me. One year he threw the Christmas tree out the window. The next year he used hedge trimmers to cut off the branches and then threw it out the window. I wonder if in the depths of his pain and loneliness, the idea of a time of happiness and togetherness is particularly difficult for him, and he lashes out more because of it. I know it's not hard for me to feel particularly sorry for myself this time of year, or even berate myself for wasting another Christmas and lash out because of that. Fairy Tale of New York. Happy Christmas, your arse. I pray, God, it's our last. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery, what's happening in our meetings and our lives this week. So I think when I talked to you last week, I was feeling the burn of having done uh, exercise a little too vigorously of not setting appropriate boundaries on on what I did. And so this week, uh, I continued to uh, to go to the gym. I made several visits, but I did cut back on the intensity of my strength training exercises that I was doing. And as a result, my muscles are not so sore. And maybe I cut back a little further than I could have, but we'll just see, you know, as I, as I work on it, I can, uh, I can work up gradually. I don't need to be all buff by the summer or anything like that. I'm just trying to, uh, get my body in a little bit better shape as uh go into my 60s what's that my seventh decade of life yeah still working on that and uh, seeing some results which is cool i can run a little further in the same amount of time run a little faster and losing some weight which is a secondary goal as as i think i said last time so trying to keep up with the taking care of myself after a year of working really hard at work and not spending very much time taking care of myself, I'm trying to get back to some more uh, reasonable balance, I guess, is, is the way to put that. Also taking some vacation, partly because if I don't take it, I will lose it. I can't carry it over to next year. 
and partly because I need to take care of myself. I need that time off. Uh, And when I'm taking that time, I'm not checking my work email. I am this weekend and for the next week the on-call person for my team, which means that if something does go wrong, um, I'm the one that gets alerted. And that's, you know, that's okay. I'm in town. A lot of my colleagues are not in town, and so I can deal if I need to. But I'm not going to wait for it to happen. I'll just uh, deal with it when it does happen. Went to a meeting yesterday. We talked about Tradition 4. This is the meeting at which we recently introduced a once-a-month tradition discussion at one of the tables in the meeting. And Tradition 4 says, Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting another group or Al-Anon or AA as a whole. Of course, there was some discussion around how this makes it possible for us to have Al-Anon meetings that are different, but that they're still Al-Anon meetings because they are autonomous in terms of whether they talk about steps or whether they do readings from a book or whether they just have open sharing. But we all follow the traditions so that we continue to be Al-Anon. We don't go off in some weird direction that might make somebody think that Al-Anon is a cult or something like that. I reflected on how I might use this tradition in my daily life and that it says that I'm autonomous. I can make decisions for myself, but that I also need to consider the group that I am part of when I'm making those decisions and that I don't make decisions that are detrimental to the group as a whole, whether that group is my family or uh, my work group or whatever it might be. And the example that I came up with, which is maybe trivial, but I feel like it really illustrates uh, the autonomy but uh, concern for not affecting the whole group pretty well. So when we visit my parents in the summer, they have a well, and depending on the weather, that well can run dry in August to the extent that they they get somebody with a tanker truck to bring uh, water and and run the water, actually pump water into the well and then leave them a, a tank full of water on their porch. And so we are uh, enjoined to limit our water usage. Now, I, for various reasons, like to take a shower every day. feel real grungy if I don't. My mother, on the other hand, I think washes her hair about once a week, and she doesn't really understand why I feel this desire to shower regularly. Um, And so my autonomy says that, you know, I, I can take the shower on my schedule. If I feel that I need to rinse the sweat off or whatever it might be, I can do that. But not affecting the livelihood or the the wellness of the family as a whole means that I have to be very conscious of my water usage when I do that. So I will take uh, what uh, I've heard referred to as a Navy shower, which is turn on the water, get wet, turn off the water. So bup, wash turn on the water, rinse, turn off the water so that I use a minimum amount of water and I can exercise my autonomy in terms of taking showers when I feel I need to take a shower, but keeping in mind the, the livelihood of the, of the whole family by 
using as little water as possible to do that. So that was, a, like I said, a very trivial example, but um, sort of illustrates both halves of, of that tradition. And I think that's what I've got right now. Upcoming topics next week, I'm going to talk with Akila about the concepts of service 11 and 12. I encourage you to, uh, to check it out when it comes along next week. And we welcome your thoughts. I was just talking with a friend tonight as we were sharing in the meeting about family issues and said, hey, is this person, this friend had said uh, that they would be interested in, in uh, doing an, an episode of the podcast with me. They'd done one before and would like to do it again. I said, how about we talk about families? And we're like, ooh, I could do that. So uh, I think we might have uh, one about families. We did, I think, did one about families a year ago. Two years ago, don't remember exactly now, uh, and uh, maybe it's time to do it again with a new guest, new perspective, new thoughts. You have thoughts about family stuff, good family stuff, toxic family stuff, crazy family stuff. Email, phone, record a uh, a share on your smartphone or on your computer, and email that file to me. And uh, we'll put your voice right there in the middle of the conversation. And you can do that by calling and leaving a voicemail at 734-707-8795. That phone number again, 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail uh, link on the website to join the conversation from your computer. And if you prefer not to use your voice, you can send email to feedback at com. And I've added um, I've added a contact page to the website. I did some some redesign uh, on the website to make it more easily usable on a phone. One of the consequences is that uh, the contact information when you're on your phone gets shoved all the way to the bottom. You have to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll, which is kind of annoying. And so I added a page. Uh, with contact information that talks about it lists the phone number, it lists the email address, it has a a link to start the voicemail app, and also some information about uh, joining the podcast as a guest host or sending longer shares. So if you want to know how to get a hold of us, all you have to remember is therecoveryshow.com slash contact, and everything is right there. We'd love to hear from you. Please share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about Holiday Survival Kit or any of our upcoming topics. And obviously, if you have a topic you'd like to talk about, and particularly if you'd like to be a guest host for that topic, do let us know. The uh, website, which is therecoveryshow.com, has all the information about the show, including notes for each episode, an occasional blog, links to the music we talk about, links to other recovery podcasts and websites. You can contribute to the content of the podcast and the website by leaving comments on the uh, on the website as well. So we'll take a short break before looking at the mailbag, and Jane writes about her second selection. Dolly Parton's song, Hard Candy Christmas, captures the feeling of just trying to get through the holidays without getting bitter. Here's a few lines. I'll be fine and dandy. Lord, it's like a hard candy Christmas. I'm barely getting through tomorrow. But still, I won't let sorrow get me way down. 
Now that I've got a year of recovery under my belt, I'm doing better at recognizing when the guests start arriving for my pity party and shooing them out the door. I'm trying to cultivate gratitude for what I do have instead of thinking about what I don't have. Even when it seems like every song or TV show or greeting card seems to be telling me that everyone else has it. I'm learning to reach out to my Al-Anon friends. Got some emails this week, along with Jane's wonderful email with songs in it. Gretchen writes, hello. I've been listening to the podcast in recent weeks and found it extremely helpful. I can't always make it to meetings, but listening to the podcast on my way to work or on a long walk is a way to keep me focused on my recovery. It's really been a great gift, and I've been a little culty in recommending it to people I know. In addition to saying thanks, I'm writing to ask about resources for parents or step-parents. My husband is currently not in recovery, and I'm making my peace with that as well as I can, but I don't know what to say to my stepkids. It's mostly not my place, but when some of the older ones send me messages— they're 13 to 14 and live in another country, about their dad lying or not visiting or showing up drunk, I don't know what to say. It breaks my heart. I've been saying their dad is in crisis, but I don't know how to validate what they're feeling without making things worse. Any guidance or resources you can point me to, or even a show, would be much appreciated. Many thanks, and please keep up the good work. Gretchen. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a tough situation. Um my, I don't know, my thought about validating experience is I don't feel like it necessarily makes things worse to say, yeah, you know, this this sucks. This is not the way things should be. Um, I hear you. I understand you. I think that your kids at that age probably understand that you can't fix something that's happening in another country. But you can listen, and you can be a sympathetic voice. Um, I don't know, that's, that's, that's what comes to my mind right now. And, you know, we had talked about doing a show about the non-drinking parent, and I don't think I ever scheduled that. I have to go back and and look at my notes, and I know somebody, at least one person was like, yeah, I'd like to participate in that. We'll come back to that. And again, if you're listening and you have experience that you can share with Gretchen, you can send it to feedback at com. You can call our phone number. Just go to therecoveryshow.com slash contact and find the phone number, the email address, all of that right there. And uh, share your experience, strength, and hope. Uh, maybe find something that uh, Gretchen can pick up and use in her situation. Thanks for the email. Mandy writes, Hi, Spencer, Mark, and Teams. And, and this is Spencer interjecting here. She sent this email both to The Recovery Show and to The Recovered Podcast. So that's why she's addressing both of us. I just wanted to send a note to say how much I enjoy your podcasts. I'm a grateful member of Al-Anon and have been in recovery for a bit over 18 months. Your shows have become a great way that I can learn to live in recovery, especially when I'm struggling with the program or a topic that has challenged me at a meeting. For example, this week our group discussed forgiveness. Ouch. Hit a few nerves with me, that one did. But I found an old podcast on the topic and listened when I got home from my meeting to help me. 
I'm from a town in northern Queensland, which has three Al-Anon meetings per week, and so your podcasts allow me to attend virtual meetings whenever I need one. Thanks heaps. Happy Christmas to you all. We're living in air conditioning and getting ready for seafood and salads for Christmas lunch. Hope you don't mind me sending this to both your shows, but I learn equally from AA and Al-Anon members in recovery. Signed, Mandy, grateful member of Al-Anon. And, and thanks so much, Mandy, for, for that note. And absolutely, I listen to Mark's show. I listen to Recovered Podcast. I get wonderful recovery information from it. And not just in terms of understanding, better understanding of the disease of alcoholism, but better understanding of how I can work my recovery, how other people work their recovery. It's, it's a great podcast and, and I highly recommend it. If you haven't found it, uh, we have a link on our website at therecoveryshow.com to Recovered or go to recoveredcast.com and, uh, and check it out. And Mark does have occasional Al-Anon guests on his show. I believe that uh, a couple of friends of mine are going to be on it uh, next week. A listener wrote to uh, ask uh, why not all the episodes were available on iTunes and they are on the website, but they weren't in the iTunes listing. And this listener prefers to listen using the podcast app on their phone and they could only get back to, I don't know, episode 37 or 38 or something and couldn't get any earlier than that. And the reason for that is because I had set the limit for the number of episodes to include in, in what's called the feed of the podcast, which is what iTunes reads and what if you have a podcast application on your on your phone or on your tablet, it, it reads the feed as well. I had limited the feed to the most recent 100 episodes so that it wouldn't get too big. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is the bigger it is, the longer it takes for your, your podcast app to check and see if there's a new episode. But also, if it gets too big, iTunes basically stops listening. And I certainly don't want that to happen. So I, I went and looked... And I was able to increase the uh, the size of the feed without blowing up iTunes. And so all of the episodes, starting from episode one, are again available in the feed, should be available in your podcast application on your phone or tablet. Uh, eventually, I'm going to have to to put a, a boundary on this. And you'll, if you need the, the pack, the really early episodes, you just have to go to the website and find them there. Unless we figure something else out. We'll see. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to The Recovery Show. We do have expenses, which run about $60 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Lucy, Ellen, and Heidi Denon. Thank you again, Lucy, Ellen, and Heidi, for your contributions. Thank you for your support in whatever form you give it, whether it's recommending the podcast to your friends or just listening. We are here for you. And Jane concludes her, her song, list with this one. She says, and even as I miss the person who used to get excited about throwing a party with me, who used to trek out into the woods with me to cut down a tree, who was turned into a Grinch, even the Grinch wouldn't touch with a 39 and a half foot pole. I'm trying to accept the person my husband is today. And I'm trying to cut myself some slack when I don't manage to feel all the wonderful things I'm supposed to. I can recognize the progress I have made and hope that the coming year will be a better one, even if it's not a perfect one. The song that captures this feeling of mingled regret and hopefulness for me is Over the Rhine's Darlin' Christmas is Coming. Here's some lyrics. So it's been a long year. Every new day brings one more tear. 
till there's nothing left to cry. Tear these thorns from my heart. Help the healing to start. Let's set this old world free. Let's start with you and me. Darlin', Christmas is coming. Salvation Army bells are ringing. Darlin', Christmas is coming. Do you believe in angels singing? Darlin', the snow is falling, falling like forgiveness from the sky. Thank you for letting me share this and sending wishes of peace and love to you and to all your listeners. Jane Thank you for listening and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, if you free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time.